Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, welcome to an hour of our time. We're happy you're here with us today. We're going to talk about hockey, um, <laughs> we're going to talk about the history of the sport. Some of the <laughs> some of the economic implications and some fun facts about it, you know. Um, if you're interested in us, find us on social media. You can Google, Google a whole name of the podcast. You'll be able to find us, no problem. Uh, with that said, uh, my name is Joe. I'm Dave. And I'm Mark. All right, let's go. <laughs> Hedwig is like way over the top and kind of off the cuff and very aggressive. And you got to think about when it came out in like the early 90s when yeah. it was like a transsexual show. Like you got to capture that energy or you don't do it. Yeah, it can't be safe. It reminds me if you ever watch um, Alice Cooper on the old Grey Whistle Test from the 70s when they're like a glam rock band, but it's like kind of off the cuff. That's what it's got to feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were glam rock before it was like kind of goth thing. Mm-hmm. That's right. So everybody go watch the old gray, old gray whistle test from 1978. That's the one. All right. All right, you guys. Hockey. So we're <laughs> going to talk about, uh, well, we like to talk about sports every once in a while. This is one that we don't know as well, but we know more about it now. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we've done episodes about baseball and football, and those are ones that I personally felt really comfortable with. I'm a big fan of both sports. I have started to watch hockey, but there are many things about even the rules that I do not understand still. And so I feel like a um, neophyte when it comes to talking about hockey. Indeed. I think hockey is pretty fun. I've been to several a game. I like it. I like going match. to games. It a is match. cool. A- I, about. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's a very fast-paced <clears throat> game. It stands opposed to the reasons I like baseball, I think. But okay, I like it yeah. the same way. And I grew up playing soccer, and it's very similar to soccer in its pacing. That's a good but, but because it's... Yeah. You yeah. Know, you're right. Like, the offsides rules are similar and... and low scoring. Exactly. Low scoring. But but you have... And you shootouts. Actually, it's very similar to soccer and field hockey, obviously. But it's it's more fast-paced because it's smaller, and because you're on skates, you can move a lot quicker. So... Um, but it feels, like, it feels like watching a soccer game, which I, I, do, I like as well, so... Um, di- really different than watching baseball. And they're both surprisingly violent. Yeah. Soccer, you get some some serious shit going on there, like tripping people and trying to get away with it and all that kind of stuff. I like read once that that's like, violence. that's like the most dangerous sport of just in terms of frequency of injuries is soccer. Yeah. Not necessarily in the severity um, because you're hardly wearing any protection. Yeah. In football, obviously, you have like very serious injuries. And in hockey, you know, you're wearing knives on your feet. So there's that. <laughs> Baseball, you get all kinds of weird things. Um, you know, you get hit with a ball and you break an arm, which happened to an Indians pitcher like two weeks ago. So that kind of stuff. So um, they're less frequent, but they can be more serious when they happen. Yeah. Like you get hit in the head even with a batting helmet and you're like, 
get your bell rung pretty good. Well, as we talked about with baseball, there was an example of somebody who died yeah. in the 40s, um, 40s, I think, getting hit with the baseball. So, yeah, but hockey is um, it's very violent. It's very rough. And it's a sport that f- where fighting is part of it, like physically punching each other is part of the game. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's Canadians, man. I think yeah. maybe the aggressiveness goes along with the fast-paced nature of sports like that it does and there's another fair. another reason we can talk about did you see the bat anybody watch the bash brothers experience on netflix no mm-hmm. it's uh the lonely island so andy samberg and uh, akiva schaefer are uh, is it not all three of them they usually only work it two at a time oh interesting with most of their stuff it's interesting yorm is in there yeah but he's like an extra in different things gotcha andy samberg is Jose, Jose Canseco and Akiva Schaefer is Mark McGuire. So it's like the Oakland A's from the late 80s? Exactly. Got it. And it's it's like Lemonade, the Beyonce thing, but yeah. it's about the Bash Brothers and imagining if those two guys had put out a rap album. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, it might be my favorite thing The Lonely Island has done. I'll it's, check that it's out. Really, it's only 30 minutes. It's on <laughs> Netflix. Like You get through it quick. The cinematography is, is absolutely insane. Okay. It's really great. I'll shut that out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, hockey. So hockey. Um, let's start with some history. So a game similar to hockey can be traced back to ancient Greece. Um, and we know that because if you look at the um, engravings on the pillars uh, of the Parthenon, there is a depiction of a uh, game where there are two figures facing each other with what appear to be hockey sticks and a ball in the middle. It looks incredibly similar to a modern-day hockey face-off. Field hockey. Uh, so some sort of field hockey. So we know it dates back pretty far and also in, in <clears throat> ancient Rome. Um, but that is to say, like we said with other games like baseball, uh, what we would call stick and ball games go back very far because people have the inclination to like find a rock in a branch and hit it and see who can move it around quicker or i heard uh like an historian talking about like you ever walk down the street and you see a rock and you kick it and then somebody who's with you kicks it again to see if they can kick it further it's like a natural thing that people do right that's how these games develop um, there's a, an ancient egyptian depiction of a similar type right. of game as well and so if, if a girl is watching then it gets really intense yeah then you like <laughs> you hang on a pole and try to race people yeah <laughs> Or you just walk with your legs apart and you're like waving your arms above your head like a, a exotic bird. Exactly. Yeah. My my mom. Uh, side note: My mom uh, was in Charleston, South Carolina, on vacation last week. She sends me this video of a peacock that was showing off for them, and it was like dancing around. And my brother responds like, "It looks delicious." And my mom just went, "I'm not sure if you can eat them, but it sure is cool to look at." It's like, <laughs> great. <laughs> I imagine my brother just sitting at home, like shaking his head. Uh, anyways, big gulps, huh? Yeah. Big well, gulps. see you later. Um, in the British Isles, similar games developed. Um, for example, the Scottish game of shinty, the English game of bandy or bandy ball, which is still somewhat played. It seems there's a, an ice hockey game called bandy. Yeah. That's the most popular sport, or pr- primarily played in Russia, but it came to Europe mainland europe from england and was not a around 1900 it was not an ice-based game at first bandy ball isn't but bandy Bandy is is, i think the only main difference is that it's played on an ice rink the size of a soccer field instead of the smaller contemporary ice rink got it and you have the irish game of hurling so these are just all different types of stick and ball games that precede hockey um in the 1600s the dutch 
kind of develop something similar to the modern ice skate and start playing a version of, I guess, what you would call ice golf that I've heard called Colfin and Colf in different places. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, at some point after that, the English and the Irish um, sort of combine hurling and ice skates to create something that is pretty close to modern hockey. So they kind of decide, like with bandy ball, right? Like you're taking this game and we're going to do it on the ice with knives. We're going to double feet. down and put it on ice. Right, make exactly. It, yeah. Just make it really dangerous. Um, the other thing that plays into modern hockey is when Europeans arrived in Nova Scotia in the 1600s as well, um, they encountered natives playing what the French called lacrosse. Although the, the uh, natives of Nova Scotia had many names for this game, one of which translates to Little Brother of War. And this plays too, we were talking about how the game is relatively violent. Mm-hmm. When they would observe people playing it, they noticed how aggressive they were. In some cases, people would die playing the game or be beaten very badly. And it seemed to be because the, the native Nova Scotians would play it as a preparation for war. It was like a training exercise. A lot of games have, have an origin like that. I think that there are some Mayan or Aztec games that are like a mimic of a, a war right. yeah. situation. And Polynesian games and mm-hmm. like the weapons and the, the tools of the game tend to look very similar. Yeah, absolutely. For, well, which stands to reason, right? So ergonomics... I'm going to hit a ball. I'm going to hit a person. I want the thing to be practically shaped. So it stands to reason that one would lead to the other. Yeah, I was trying to describe this to a student the other day. I can't remember what the reference was, but I was saying, like, you know, similar solutions develop all around the world for a similar problem. You know, like the wheel, for example, right? Because it's all people dealing with similar issues. And so they, they come to similar conclusions because they're all people and they're all dealing with relatively similar environments. Usually the dividing factor is is climate, right? So, um, and I point this out because there's always that thing where like Europeans take claim for a lot of stuff, yeah. but it's not, that's not the way that goes. Um, All right. But I say that not to say that in England, uh, field hockey develops and the first use of the word hockey spelled H O C K E Y in print is in 1773 in a book called juvenile sports and pastimes to which are prefixed memoirs of the author including a new model for infant education by richard johnson chapter 11 new improvements on the game of hockey so there you go um in the 18- i declare uh, bankruptcy <laughs> um in the 1860s Star, the company Star, S-T-A-R-R, puts out a line of skates, which are very efficient because they, they clamp onto basically any boot. They're very easy to use, and they're relatively inexpensive. They also put out a line of sticks, and this becomes the gold standard for like the next 50 years. So basically, at, in the, the later 1800s, hockey sticks and um, ice skates become readily available, and so people start to play this a lot more. Um, and throughout that time, throughout the late 1800s, the rules are pretty vague. They start to develop a bit, but it's essentially a scrum game. It's a lot like rugby. The number of players is often determined by how, how big the ice is that you're playing. You're playing on like a pond. Um, but it, yeah, it's very scrum focused. Is scrum another way of saying like a scrimmage? Like, I'm not quite sure what that scrum word means. Scrum usually means, so in, in rugby, you cannot pass the ball forward. So you can only move the ball um 
by running forward. If you're going to pitch it or something, you have to pitch it backwards. So you get these kind of piles up where people are pushing against each other to not move it forward because you can't pass it forward. So it okay. becomes a scrum. So it's like a, a group all, all together. Oh, okay. And that's how hockey rules are for a while, that you cannot pass the puck forward or the ball forward oh, okay. before it's a puck. Um, and actually leads us to this. Um, so that, that, would, that would mean that there are less positions. Like in football, you have people that have to be way out on the field. Oh, yeah. To, to intercept passes and everything. So it's kind of just a line of people. Yeah. Yeah. And because, you know, there isn't a, f a fixed number of players, it is it's kind of free form. Okay. Think of it like when we talked about football, right? The goal in the original form of the game was to move the ball from one side of town to the other in a scrum fashion. Yeah. And people would just join in as they got closer to their house. <laughs> so it was that sort of thing. <laughs> like the big ball of dust in a cartoon. Exactly. Exactly that. Feet are flying out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's pig pen, basically. <laughs> um, but in Montreal, on March 3rd, 1875, there is the first organized hockey game indoor hockey game organized by james Crichton, who is a student at mcgill university he's a rugby player he organizes this with his rugby teammates um and because they're playing internally on an ice rink it's a smaller area than they're typically used to and they decide to um one keep the puck from going out of the playing area and to protect the spectators because so they invite a bunch of people because this might be a cool thing they use a flat circular piece of wood instead of a ball um, other differences to modern-day hockey is that the goalposts were eight feet apart instead of six. Goalies couldn't fall or kneel to make a save, and that's a rule that persists for quite a, quite a while. You have rugby rules um, that you couldn't pass the puck forward, and you're playing nine versus nine on each side. So it's more players than we would typically see now, where it's six on six uh, for modern hockey. Um, but it's very successful, um, although it does end in a fight. Uh, People who are supposed to use the rink next get upset that the game is going on, and the first organized indoor hockey match does end in a fight. So that's kind of <laughs> ironic. Um, over the next few years, hockey is a boutique sport, um, meaning that it's, it's kind of played by the more affluent. Much like in football, teams are formed at universities and social clubs, and the rules start to develop a bit, but it's, they're still relatively free form. But in 1883, there is a winter carnival in Montreal, that features a, a lot of different sports tournaments, winter sports. Um, but it features a hockey tournament. And that McGill team, led by um, J James Crichton, wins the Carnival Cup. And this is important because this event gathered a lot of press. And you had a lot of newspapers writing about this organized indoor hockey tournament. Um, and so that, that was you know, a big step for hockey becoming more popular um, and Montreal at the time, and still, but Montreal is a major city at the time, as it is now. But in the north, it is like the major city. The west is largely undeveloped. Cities are smaller. So this is a hub. So if it's happening in Montreal, that's a big deal for this area. Then we bring in the character of Frederick Stanley. He is the Governor General of Canada, and in 1888, so five years later, he attends the Montreal Winter, Winter Carnival, which becomes a yearly event, um, and he's impressed with hockey. He watches the hockey tournament. Was this version of hockey kind of like uh, a revolutionary kind of thing? Um, I think or, it was, did it, or did it just expose more people to... It exposed hockey more people to game. it. I think that hockey as an organized thing at this point had existed for, you know... Almost two decades. Okay. Um, but but it was exposing more people to it. And it was exposing people outside of these social clubs and universities to it. 
Okay. Because it, it it isn't as easy to play as something like baseball, right? Baseball, you just need a stick, a ball, and some grass, right? But with this, you need a pond, or in this case, you need an indoor hockey rink. You need um, you need some sticks. You need ice skates. You need a little bit more. So it's a little bit harder for something like this to develop, even with, like, football, right? Because padding came later. All you needed in a yeah. football was a ball, you know? This is a little bit more complicated, so it, it exposes people to that. And it's limited by climate yeah. and time of year, potentially. Which is why this develops in the north. Right? Yeah. It goes indoor, eventually, but it, it it develops in the north because of this, whereas other things can spread a little bit more easily. Yeah. Granted, a, a time period in the late 1800s where the west, whether you're talking you know, in the north, uh, in Canada, or in the United States, is, is still relatively undeveloped. I mean, you don't get professional baseball in California until the 1960s when the Brooklyn Dodgers moved to Los Angeles. So it takes a long time as the Western United States and Western Canada develops for these things to populate. Though it happens in Canada a little faster. Um, so 1888. It's also a lot of like fur coats and then the people north of the wall want to come and they yeah. got their own league, but they have different rules. And they got a giant <laughs> hockey league. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just playing with like mastodon skulls. Most of them can only say their name for some stupid time travel reason. R- so Frederick Stanley, Governor General of Canada, attends the 1888 Montreal Winter Carnival, is impressed with hockey, and realizes, although it's very successful and, and, and very popular, there is no recognition for the best team in Canada. It doesn't really have a national arena or national league. You kind of look at it that way. Um, so he decides to, to start you know, wanting to spread this game. And actually, his, his kids are the ones that are very instrumental in this. His sons are, are, um, go a long way to spreading the game. And his daughter is actually one of the first female hockey players. Um, in 1892, Stanley's sons convinced him to work with a silversmith in England to make a silver bowl, which is known as the Dominion Hockey Challenge Cup eventually becomes known as the Stanley Cup. But this is to be played for by competing teams in Canada. It represents the best hockey team in Canada. In 1893, it is first awarded to the Montreal Hockey Club. Not super surprisingly, that's where it's most popular. So you can have some solid players there. Um, but by 1893, there are almost 100 teams in Montreal alone. Jesus. So it's, so it's spreading, but it's still Montreal is the hub. That's mm-hmm. the big thing. Do you know if there's a lot of crossover between, like, players playing for multiple teams, like, hedging their bets or anything like to that? To my understanding, no, because they're not, they're, they're not being paid yet. It's not professional. Um, it's very club-oriented and, okay. like, neighborhood-oriented. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there also are um, leagues for, I almost said African-American leagues, but now you really have Canadian, uh, African-Canadian leagues. Um because that's the way to say it, and uh, in women's leagues that start to form. And then, around this time, in the late 1890s, railroads are built that connect the, the country. So there's a railroad that will lead you all the way from the east to the west, and this is significant in helping to spread the game. So Stanley's sons, at this time, work with James Crichton, who I mentioned before, organized the first indoor hockey game, to form a team and travel the country to spread the game. And this causes rivalries to form not just in neighborhoods, but in towns across Canada. Um, and the train, um, the, the railroad, allows discounted tickets to hockey fans. So to help popularize <laughs> the game, they, they, they have an incentive. Discounted tickets if you're going to go to a hockey game. You have to take a train to a hockey game? 
Yep. <laughs> well, we're uh, talking about the 1890s here. So, yeah. In 1896, a team from Winnipeg comes to Montreal to challenge for the Stanley Cup, or the Dominion. Uh, back to this, the Dominion Hockey Challenge Cup, still at the time. Um, that's important because Winnipeg is in the West, and Winnipeg is a small city especially compared to Montreal. So to have a team come from Winnipeg to compete is huge. It's even uh, bigger when Winnipeg wins, beats this Montreal team, and the Montreal teams had won the Cup the last three years in a row, 1893, 94, 95. 1896, Winnipeg wins. They win the Cup, and they learn that the Cup holds exactly two gallons of beer, which starts the tradition of drinking beer out of the Cup and, and eating food out of the Cup and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also in 1896, the first United States Ice Hockey League forms. And in 1903, there is a five-team league that forms in Europe. And that is also thanks to Lord Stanley's sons, because they, years prior, in 1895, had traveled to play a court team at Buckingham Palace. And that team, the English team, featured both the future Edward VII and future George V. So it starts to popularize ice hockey in europe and it's still it's still played in europe still played in england it's played in russia as we mentioned czechoslovakia um i guess czech republic actually have a list latvia i have a list i'll get to of all the countries that do or have have had professional hockey leagues um 19 in the 1920s the sports uh sport of hockey grows even further in europe when ice hockey becomes an olympic sport and what happens now is that many bandy players switch they jump to hockey so they can play in the olympics making it more popular. Olympic rules are slightly different, I believe, than NHL. They're a little bit different, yeah. I think I've asked this before. Like, we, uh, I think we talked about basketball a little bit, where <clears throat> the Olympics had to be an amateur thing. Yeah. We talked about this in baseball, or football, because of Jim Thorpe. Yeah, and then we talked about the Dream Team. Like, they sent Michael <laughs> Jordan and all those dudes to, to play in the Olympics. waste. I guess at this point... Hockey is not professional, it was not professional yet. yet, so the, those that's not an those issue. limitations were not okay. Exactly right. Yeah, um, I'd also mention that in 1902, the first French Canadians are called up to the top hockey leagues, and that happens with the Montreal Shamrocks, which makes me think that that's a probably an Irish team, and that's significant because we think of a lot of French Canadians as playing professional hockey, which is true. But that's not really what the, the group that was making up these leagues. You had more English and Irish players making up these leagues at the time. Mm. Um, and the Stanley Cup at this point is fully a national pursuit. Teams are competing for that throughout Canada. And this is just just as a hobby. They just just for the love of the game. Just like with baseball, you had guys that were like working the mills or working the mines, and then their leisure time was to play sports. Because at the time, what else were you going to do? Yeah. You know? Um, you know, and also I think it's that at the time your work represented camaraderie. So you worked with these people in, in the mill, right? You worked with them on a farm. You, you were sort of banded together, which is why these clubs were so like tight, right? People weren't yeah. shifting around because it was more of like, this is my community and we do all these things together. And it makes it, I think Mark is going to get into like salary caps and stuff. Mm. probably makes the game a lot more of a pure thing because like you've talked about like the yankees can just buy players so in the modern era the only of the major four sports in the united states that does not have a salary cap is baseball 
and if you don't know what a salary cap is, it means that the league sets a, a, a cap for how much a team's salary can be, which means you're only going to be able to play, pay players so much, or you're going to have to trade players away to make room for other players. Baseball does not have that. So if you're a large market like New York or Boston, you're always going to have the ability to pay more money than if you're Cleveland or Miami, you know, or Phoenix, right? Those are smaller, they're big cities, but they're smaller markets compared, you know, Los Angeles, New York, they're always going to be competitive because they've got that much more money. So with the exception of baseball, these sports have managed to kind of keep that even keeled mm-hmm. nature of it. Absolutely. From the early club where nobody was getting paid. Now people are getting paid, but you have to divvy that that cost amongst however many players are on the team. Or you have to divvy it among years. So now you've seen players in Major League Baseball getting contracts larger than ever before this year, like 12-year contracts. Basically, you're going to play for this team until you're done, and we're going to give you this huge amount of money, but it's going to be spread across 12 years. Now, again, in baseball, there's no cap there. But you Mm -hmm. see those sorts. Also, it's different because in baseball, you can play a lot longer as a player. Whereas in football, if you're a running back, you're not going to sign. People are going to sign you to a long contract because you're going to get beaten up, and you're just going to run your course. So basically, if you're not a pitcher... You're not likely to develop a lot of joint issues or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Pitchers go through a lot of stuff now. Um, a lot of them have what's called Tommy John surgery, which is a pretty serious surgery, um, kind of save your career. A lot is of that guys where you wear it. like a big shirt from Macy's? It's exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Ed Hardy surgery. <clears throat> but um, yeah, if you're a baseball player, if you're um, you know you're in pretty good shape, you keep yourself in shape. You're um, a field player. Mm-hmm. You're not a catcher or a pitcher. You catchers at, deal with sprints. Yeah, exactly. Catch, catchers deal with knee injuries and knee you know knee issues. But you know if you're a good hitter and you're a catcher, you get older, you might end up stop playing catcher. You're going to be a designated hitter. Maybe you're going to switch to first base where you can keep going. Um, if you're at a which pitcher, point you would get a lot of RBIs, right? You could get RBS. Designated hitter, like you get the bases loaded, you're bringing that guy? Frequently, you're designated... So we're going to talk a lot about baseball here, but I'm I'm into it. So uh, frequently, you're designated hitter. Okay, so mm, here we go. So I think I talked about this in the baseball episode, but the American League has something the National League doesn't, which is the designated hitter rule. So in the American League, there is one player that is designated to only hit, does not play in the field. Oh, that's what it means. Right. In the National League, the pitcher bats. So if you, when you do interleague play, so let's say the Cleveland Indians are going to play the Pittsburgh Pirates. If the Pittsburgh Pirates come to Cleveland to play, they have to follow American League rules. I mean, their pitcher doesn't bat. Oh, house rules. So they have to, yeah. So they ha- and the same thing happens in the World Series. So you have to designate somebody to hit, and your pitcher doesn't hit. If the Indians go to Pittsburgh to play, they have to have their pitcher bat, which you imagine for an American League pitcher, you don't do that very often. So it's very unusual. Whereas National League pitchers are pretty comfortable with it, so some of them can hit home runs. It's kind of rare, but oh, okay. Um, so yeah. you just try to keep them low in the rotation, like like way. Your pitcher's late. always going to be ninth. Yeah, and it also brings up pinch hitting because, um, you know, if you're in the American League, you don't have to pinch hit for your pitcher. So your pitcher can go until he's tired, right? But in the na- National League, your pitcher's maybe starting to get tired, and the pitcher comes up, and there are two men on base. You might say, "Ah, hey, this pitcher will probably go another inning," but I'm going to bring in a batter for him now. Once I do that, I have to replace the pitcher. Once you replace a player, he's done for the day. Oh, you wow. can't bring him back. Yeah, so in hockey, right, you get all these defensive switches, offensive switches, and that can happen any time in the game. But in mm-hmm. baseball, if you sub a player out, they are done for the game. You cannot bring them back. Okay. It's part of the strategic nature of it. So if you do a pinch runner, that hitter is gone. So you can be strategic with hockey as well, but it's in a different way. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like, then it's almost more to keep track of because you're like, well, this guy was in for this long and I took him out. When did I take him out? Oh, yeah. You keep him fresh because you're moving all the time. It's like, yeah. it's like soccer. And even hockey will do the thing where they'll pull the goalie as well. If you're down two goals 
with one minute left in the game, you know, you might pull your goalie. Because you need to score goals. So if you can put another offensive player out there to outnumber the other team, maybe you got a better shot. You just oh, okay. hope that you keep the puck from going into your side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty common. Okay. So there's all these strategic things, but with baseball, like that's a rule you got to look at. How long until Tim Tebow joins like the Orlando minor league hockey team? Well, Tim Tebow just hit his first AAA home run um, like five days ago. Okay. Also, I went to a Clippers game last night. It was Star Wars night, which was kind of fun. Was the Soup Nazi there? No. Um, but Corbin Burnson was there the night before. I was really sad that I didn't get to meet him. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was like they scored 16 runs. Got to see a grand slam, which was the second time I've seen that in that ballpark. To, to clarify, the guy that played the soup Nazi. And on the built, on the on the Jumbotron, they called him the soup chef. The soup chef from Seinfeld, yeah. Um, because, weirdly, these days, people don't like to use the word Nazi in a right. joking way. There was also a kid in front of me who was maybe 12 who was like just sticking around on his phone for the first three innings of the game and then finally said to his dad, did the game start yet? <laughs> three innings. We were, in the third, we were in the bottom of the third inning when this happened. I, I couldn't understand. <laughs> Not into it. Also, a foul ball almost hit us but hit a woman in the leg real hard, which sucks, but she was okay. But you never saw 50 people rubberneck that much to just stare at this woman like I, out loud i said to these kids in front of me like hey you're gonna want to turn around because the next one's coming at you the guy's still up he just rocketed one at us he's a right-handed batter we're sitting on the third baseline you turn around to look at her the next one's coming at us watch the game that's she's gonna be fine there's somebody taking care of her but it's coming again it's pretty decent advice and it did <laughs> do they have to, to kind of bring it back to hockey and, and this is this is relative relevant to baseball and hockey do they have medical staff specifically for in case somebody gets hit by a puck or a ball yeah so last night when that woman got hit in the leg there was a, like a, they've designated people to every section to come check on people and they can call over paramedics and usually their security as well okay clearly it gave her a pretty good bruise i mean she took a foul sure, ball sure, to sure. the leg and well, we, we were saw like, somebody get hit uh, uh during your birthday oh yeah absolutely when the guy like two rows back from us was eating a pretzel and going like <laughs> this, this isn't a pretzel it's disgusting it's disgusting and then he for 15 minutes he kept eating it yeah and then he would keep just would keep repeating himself yeah and then he took a styrofoam container and ripped it into shreds and left it on the seat <laughs> <laughs> i also saw a guy liana um witnessed something she wasn't aware of but i saw a guy like barehand catch a home run yesterday but it was from the opposing team and you know we were right near the outfield fence uh, for that's kind of badass field. yeah but then he threw it back she said why do you throw the ball back and i was like oh well that's tradition if the other team hits a home run the away team you throw the ball back it's like a snort of derision like yeah you want to keep the ball but you, you throw it back so a guy in the audience yeah threw it back audience the field. what do you go yeah. <laughs> but that's that's like tradition that's that's like that's done you know well yeah so all, all right. right we've gotten pretty far here <clears throat> yeah sorry but uh yeah don't get me started on baseball Hockey, I have to look at my notes. I thought I got a thing right, and I didn't get it right. <laughs> so let's talk about pro hockey for a second. 1902, Western Pennsylvania Hockey League begins hiring professionals. So the first professional hockey league is actually in the United States. In Pittsburgh, you said? Western Pennsylvania. I Western believe Pennsylvania. it was in... I can't remember where it formed. Okay. I want to say, like, maybe Allentown, which is kind of like West Central. I don't know. I don't know where it formed. Um, but in 1904, it combined with teams in Michigan and Ontario to form the International Professional Hockey League. So there's your first international, but really it's Canada and the United States combined. Significant yeah. because if you look at the National Hockey League now, it's Can Canada and the United States. It's mm -hmm. combined. There are way more United States teams, but it's just because those are the big markets. Yeah, 24 versus 7 in Canada. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Um, this league folded in 1907, but it starts that process of many pro and semi-pro leagues that are jointly formed in the United States and Canada. The National Hockey League forms in 1917, and it's formed after the, the demise of its predecessor league, the National Hockey Association. Now, the NHL was formed as a temporary measure against a guy named Eddie Livingston, who owned the National Hockey Association's Toronto Blue Shirts. The other owners were pissed at him for some reason, um, and they formed this counter league um, just kind of to get under his skin. But this dispute continued, and thus the NHA dissolved and the NHL persisted. Um, in 1924, it expanded into the United States. So it, the NHL was just a Canadian league at the time. In 1924, it expands into the United States with the founding of, what do you think the uh, first American hockey team was? Not, NHL, American hockey team. It was the, the Bruins, right? Yep, Boston Bruins. Um, by 1926, there are 10 teams in the NHL. In Ontario, Quebec, the Great Lakes region, um, and northeastern United States, like Boston. It makes sense it would be in New England. Just geographically speaking. Absolutely. And the Great Lakes. Makes yeah. total sense. Um, and uh, this becomes the only major league and eventually the sole competitor for the Stanley Cup. Um, yeah. Uh, as the NHL develops, the rules are more refined. So eventually you get to having six players on a side. Um, it's uh, the first league to allow goalies to, um, to, to basically leave their feet. Right? So they're able to kneel to stop a puck. So that's, that's a big innovation. We think that is very commonplace now in hockey, but that's not, has not been, had not been. Um, and in 1933, there's coast-to-coast -coast radio broadcasts of NHL games, which further popularizes the game, same as happened with baseball. Um, in 1947, the NHL reaches an agreement to be the exclusive competitor of the Stanley Cup. As that comes into play, persists to this day. The Stanley Cup is also the oldest of any professional sports award. Yeah. It yeah. It, persist, it persisted to the NFL from the amateur clubs and in NHL. Canada to the NFL, yeah. NHL. NFL, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> NHL. I'm I sorry. got you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Stanley Cup is very old. I know, Mark, you had some things about the Stanley Cup. Do you want to talk about that real quick? Sure. I just wanted to also mention that. Um, in French, it's the Le Coupe Stanley. Nice. En français. I like that. Um, and there are, that there, are, there are three versions of the cup in existence as well. There's a um, the original version. There's an expanded larger one that Which they... is like the common one. This is the common one that they present to the teams and stuff when they win. Um, and there's a third version that is on display at the Hockey Hall of Fame. Mm. Which one has all the typos on it? Is that the, the second one? I think it's the presentation cup. One of them in the article that I read said that it was spelling corrected. And I assume that that's the one that's on permanent display. Okay. Nice. Because the, the errors, it has 20 engraving errors. It's like, I don't was it made in haste or something? I don't know. But Boston, the O's are Q's. And to, uh, Maple Leafs is spelled uh, L-E-A-E-S. This must be some sort of miscommunication because it was made by a. Well, the original bowl was made by a silversmith in England, but the engraving later on, I imagine, was probably done in Canada. It's like outsourced. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Done by someone with poor eyesight. <laughs> yeah, really. What? Um, didn't somebody tell me a story about how the Stanley Cup was left like the, by the side of the road? Yes, um, in one of these little interesting stories. In 1924, the Montreal Canadiens 
they won the Stanley Cup, and uh, they were driving home. It, it couldn't have been a whole team in a car. It was like a clown car. But I guess a few of them were in a car. Um, that's part of the regulations. You have to all you travel to inside of La Coupe Stanley after you be in a two, two-door car. Right. Um, and they had it in the trunk, and then they got a flat. So they took out the Stanley Cup, put it by the road, like in a snowbank, took out the spare tire, changed it, and we're like, well, okay, let's get on out of here, okay? And they just drive <laughs> away. <laughs> And then they're like, hey, what do we do with that um, giant metal thing that we won? Is that how they'd say it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. I think we might have left that Stanley Cup by the side of the road in some snow. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so they went back, and luckily it was still sitting there. That's really funny that it's just sitting there. <clears throat> so a little bit more about the NHL, just to kind of close things out. Just like in baseball, the Great Depression and World War II very much affected professional hockey. Um, these two events reduced the NHL to six teams just because of a lack of players. And these teams have been, become known as the original six. They're still in the NHL today. So they're sort of the, the um, ashes of the modern NHL. So let's, let's name them. Uh, let's throw them out there. Who do you think are in the original six NHL teams? Well, the Bruins were the first, right? They were the first American team. So American the Boston team. Bruins, yeah. Uh, to, to help you out, there are of the original six, there are um, four American and two Canadian. So the Boston Bruins is one. The Maple Leafs. Toronto Maple Leafs, two. Montreal. Montreal Canadiens, uh, New York New York Rangers. New York Rangers is four. Uh, so you're dealing with very much Great Lake... Um, area teams detroit detroit red wings is there a minnesota no chicago chicago blackhawks oh, blackhawks yeah black the, hawks black hawks nevada casinos <laughs> the reno <laughs> oh shit um so, <laughs> the reno little big cities the reno body floating in a pool uh so <laughs> i've never been to reno i don't know was this f scott fitzgerald yeah <laughs> um so this is your original six in 1967 you have a six-team expansion, so it spreads the league even more. The 19- Houston Texans. Exactly, yeah. 1970, you get two more. 1972, you get the New York Islanders, another New York team. Um, and by 2016, it is announced that there will be the Las Vegas Golden Knights, <clears throat> expanding the league to 31 teams. Somebody fact-checked that for me. Is there 31 teams in the 31, NFL? yes. It's 24 Americans, 7 Canadians. Yeah, it's 31. It'll be 32 teams... In 2021. So the Central in the West only has seven. So if they're going to expand in 2021, it's going to be in the Central, okay. which is like your, I mean, it spreads from Nashville through Colorado. And Chicago's in there now. I think Chicago, used, it used to be divided differently. So, okay. Oh, uh, it's a Seattle. Seattle. Seattle in 2021 will have a an NHL team. So my guess is they're actually going to move a team from the Pacific into the central does it say what the seattle team name is going to be no probably let's speculate the seattle kurt cobains seattle coffee beans the seattle what did he pull the trigger with his toes (laughs) the seattle uh seattle real estate inflation (laughs) (laughs) i don't know that much about seattle (laughs) seattle fish markets yeah we're just (laughs) seattle rain cloud I know oh. a bunch of stereotypes about Seattle. Nobody Seattle Frasers. Nobody asked me. The, <laughs> the Seattle tossed salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> Nobody asked me about my shirt. Oh, that's the Appaloosa li- lizard dogs. <laughs> yeah, so this is the um, Amarillo sod poodles. 
<laughs> the San Diego Padres double-A affiliate. Leanna brought this back for me from her trip for work. Um, the sod poodles. It, apparently, that's a colloquial term for a um, prairie dog. That's cute. Which led me to start saying I'm, I'm sod poodling it. <laughs> so, there's that. That sounds like when you get a dog... And you don't cut its hair at all, so it just drags around on the floor and <laughs> it's like sod poodles. It's like a it's like a Roomba, but it's a dog. <laughs> the the uh, Amarillo Astragers. It's just a dog like <laughs> scooting around. <laughs> also, um, here's an article: Seattle NHL team polls fans on potential names and colors. That's gonna go well. Also, colors is spelled in the English way. Hmm. Oh, that's fun. Which I'm guessing is maybe also how it's spelled. Could in Could be the Canadian influence. Is, yeah. Um, it's probably going to be the hockey McHockey face because that's the fucking thing that everybody does now. You ready for the results? What type of team names do you prefer? So they didn't ask specific. They were looking general. Oh, that's smart. 31% said mythical. 28% said C. 26% said historical. And 14% says eats Canucks. What does that mean? What does it mean? They want something that eats, eats Canadians. Um, what team colors do you prefer? Seattle Thir- Yeti. 34% light green and something else. 31% said green and blue. 20% said not green and blue. And 13% said blue and something else. So they like green and blue. Guess what? If you look at the <laughs> Seattle Mariners and Seattle Seahawks, their colors are navy blue and like gray. And there's like a neon green with the Seahawks. So. Yeah, some green in there. If you notice, if you look at different cities, teams don't usually have shared colors. Pittsburgh is like the only one that I can see that. Look at Cleveland, right? None of the teams have sh- like shared colors. Um, Do we have any cryptids in Seattle, in like that area of the oh, country? Bigfoot. Is that where Pacific it was? Northwest? That's the ma- majority of Bigfoot sightings. So are in Seattle the Sasquatch. Done. That, that could be good. Done. <laughs> They're like mythical. There you go. Seattle, Seattle. Big, big feats. Do you guys remember when Seattle had a professional basketball team? No. The Seattle Supersonics NBA team in oh, the yeah. 90s? Oh, yeah. They moved. 41% like alliteration. <laughs> they moved to Oklahoma. Oklahoma City Thunder. Fantastic. Anyways, that's, uh, that's my <coughs> spiel on hockey. Okay. Sticking to it. Mark, you got some economic information, and then I got <coughs> some fun facts, and yeah. that's about it. I always like looking into the economic impact of sports. I was pretty surprised when we did football and how football like, drives our United States economy for whatever reason. It definitely drives the sale of Coors Light. <clears throat> and meat. Tried to sell me an $8, $9 Coors Light yesterday at a baseball game. Oh, $9? $9 for Coors Light. We walked up. I, I, Do I, they come in with a hose and spray you like Steve Austin? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll pay $9 for that. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is that they sell like Stand craft. off the mic as I'm yelling. They sell craft beer, but the craft beer you can get for like the same price. What the fuck? I so who's for who's that? walking up and say, it was Coors, Coors Light, and Miller Light, and it was eight seventy five for a twenty ounce can. Get beer in me. I'm sorry, no. Does Kurt Angle come and like try to hit you and you duck? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you have to pay nine dollars for it, but they like smash them above your head and shower you with it first. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, economics. Economics. So in 2015, the NHL made almost four billion in revenue. Um, this is from ticket sales, sponsors, TV rights, licensing fees. Um, usually teams own their own arenas and can earn extra re- revenue from non-hockey events. Um, concerts. Concerts. They might share mm-hmm. it with another Share with the team. basketball team pretty frequently, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> 
Hockey teams make a greater percentage of revenue from ticket sales than TV rights, unlike the NFL. So NFL has grown into a more commercialized television broadcast sort of thing. Well, also the N- the NFL every every team's only going to play eight home games, whereas in NHL you're going to play forty one. Okay, that may be true as well. <laughs> And, and that yeah, makes it's 82 every... games in a in a NHL season, like in pro basketball. So, and that probably makes the price of NFL tickets a lot more. They are. I'm going to Denver to see the Browns play the Broncos in November, and easily paying $100 a ticket. Now, I wouldn't normally do that. That's rare, but sure. You know, I'm staying with a friend, so it makes it affordable. There you go. Tickets in Canada are generally a little more expensive in Canadian arenas. Everything's more expensive in Canada. You ever like buy a book and it's got a Canadian price on there? It's always more. I don't think this counts for inflate or like the exchange rate or anything. But there's higher demand and, and more people that interested. Makes, yeah, that makes sense. What's the exchange rate? What's also what's the Canadian dollar called? Canadian dollar. Yes. Yeah, oh, uh, loonie. Is it a loonie? Well, specific coins are called loonies and toonies, but it, I and think quarters have a loon on them. It's called the it's called the dollar. I know their money's got people playing hockey on it. And the queen. And the queen. Canadian arenas routinely sell out as well for events. Yeah. Where, you know, in the U.S., that's probably atypical. But it's really, I mean, in some cities, like Columbus, it's hugely popular. And it's obviously popular in those big markets that have had teams forever, like Chicago and Detroit and Philadelphia, Boston. I know teams in, like, Arizona and stuff like that, they, they suffer a little bit more, like in baseball. But Yeah. Wherever Kevin Smith is from. He loves hockey. This is the loudest thing in the world. Was that somebody's car? I think it was a. It looked like a Coda bus. That was. <laughs> I thought somebody broke into my house with their iPod. It was just like blasting. Blasting reggaeton. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way. That was something. The NHL and NBC made a TV broadcast deal for the 2020-21 season. Uh, Worth over $200 million annually. The Can- Canadian TV deal is worth 500000 annually, um, and that averages out to about $20,000 per team average per year. Um, <clears throat> there are a, a bunch of hockey video games, NHL 2K. It's a very yep. popular game. That's, I haven't played it, but I would like <clears throat> to. Um, teams get royalties from licensing fees to use their team logos and whatnot in games um they get an upfront licensing fee plus back-end royalties same with the players too right i think from the nhl player association Mm -hmm. um i'm looking at kevin smith and a lot of his hockey jerseys are like custom sometimes have his face on it but i have found him wearing both a tampa bay lightning and a new jersey devils uh jersey i think he's a devils fan so New, new jersey oh yeah Oh, I was thinking, I was really leaning into the Ben Affleck Boston thing, but I think New Jersey is the thing. This one has Buddy Christ on it. Fantastic. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, oh, he sells them. There are signature jerseys. He sells them. That makes sense. Okay. Anyways, go ahead. The NHL also has a salary cap and a, a salary floor, which we kind of already mentioned. It has league minimums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, team salaries range from about 50 to 70% of team income. 
Um, and there's a cap per team of $75 million that you can distribute amongst your players. And that's annual. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. You get a big contract, right? If it's a if it's a seven year contract, you, you spread it out, and then you give signing bonuses too, which I think play. I don't know if a signing bonus plays into your salary cap. I think that they can give a signing bonus in any of these leagues, which you know you're paying that, but I don't think it counts as salary because it's a bonus. Yeah. So well, as a result, you can give more incentive to a player to take a slightly lower salary with a bigger salary uh, a, a signing bonus. When we talked about mm. football, we talked about people like Tom Brady who on paper earn X amount of money, but have their own personal endorsements and all this other stuff that inflates that. Oh yeah. Michael Jordan claimed that he always made more money off his endorsements. So, and that's why he could keep his salary a little lower, which allowed him to have better players around him. I assume that that hockey is similar in that regard, but doesn't have the same kind of huge impact as something like football in America. Yeah. But I mean, Molson's probably like shelling out money. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Labatt Blue. We'll talk Mm -hmm. about Molson here in a moment. Blue and green. So I read a a 2017 Forbes article about the five most valuable NHL teams. What do you think they are? Let's try to guess some of them. Number one is the Maple Leafs. Right? Number two. The New York Rangers is probably number one. Rangers are number one. Oh. Um, They're worth $1.55 billion. I guess the the Chicago Blackhawks are in there. Toronto is number two, $1.45 billion. Um, Blackhawks, Black Hawks is number four. Number four. Um, Boston? 1.05. Number one in my book. Boston is number five. Ah, so number three is New Jersey? No. Canadian team. Not well, Toronto, though. Not the Canada. original Montreal. six populate the top Montreal. six spots, Montreal. right? The Montreal Canadiens is number three, and they're worth $1.3 billion. So it's five of the top six. Everybody yeah. but the Detroit Red Wings. I think we said that number six was like uh, six or seven was the Red Wings. So yeah, it makes sense that the, and the most grandfathered in franchises would have, have the, the most, most dedicated following is <laughs> yeah, where they make the most money. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of investment in players in arenas that can greatly increase the value of a team as well. Uh, for instance, in 1997, the New York Rangers were bought by Madison Square Garden Sports for 195 million. Today, the team is worth uh, 1.5 billion. That's over a 600 percent markup. In you said 1999, it was purchased. 1997. So in the last, what, 22 years, mm-hmm. 600% markup. Yeah, and the Rangers aren't one of the original six, correct? They are not. Okay. No, no, they are. Sorry, they, they are. are. Right. They are one of the original six. The New York Islanders are not. The New York Rangers are one of the original six. Come to New York. We play. Play on the ice. In 2009, the Molson family <laughs> bought the Canadian, the Montreal Canadiens, um, and the team has oh, doubled so their Molson. value. So that's why Mol- so they own a team. They own a team. Oh damn! Yeah, they own the Canadians. The team has doubled in value in less than ten years through the investment of Molson. Mol- wow. NHL Molson. has just it's it's grown. It's yeah. really grown. Molson mm-hmm. is beer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't it remember if it was uh, bourbon or beer. Yeah, it's beer. <clears throat> it sounds like it would be. I'm thinking of. Never mind. It sounds like malt. Yeah, I'm it, making it, weird associations. I don't think I've head. ever had don't Molson before. Have you ever had Molson? I don't remember. I've never been to Canada. I would really like to go to Toronto. Or Toronto's great. I think that would be fun. Well, Mark, we talked about Gettysburg, but you want to go to Toronto? Maybe. Uh, that might be a little <laughs> complicated. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we gotta get. We can go to a hockey game. Passports. 
Yeah, my passport is... Well, you don't even need a passport anymore. You need that new driver's license. Oh, I got one of those. So I went... I uh, go to Canada with my driver's license? Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, wait a minute. I'm going no, right no, now. No, sorry. You do need a passport. You need that to fly. Fuck. You need that to fly. <laughs> I had to get my license renewed because my birthday just happened, but I, I can't find my birth certificate, social security card, or passport. So... Uh, <laughs> So I can't do any of that right now. So I got to find all those things or have new ones. I have new ones sent to me. You know what you do? My parents got me one of those fireproof boxes with a lock on it. Yeah, I have one of those. Keep all your, all that kind of sensitive shit in there and in one place. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes it, because I lose stuff. That's what all I, that's what time. I did. And I opened it and none of that stuff is in there. None of it. Ugh. And I've never left the country since I got my passport. So I don't know where it is. Damn. Yeah, it's probably expired now anyways, my passport, Yeah. so I need a new one. You can get a new social security card, but I think you can only get like three in your lifetime. That might be a myth. That might be the thing where somebody said like, well, after seven years, all your credit card debt goes away. Right. When actually that's, if you declare bankruptcy, you can't do shit for seven years. And then dumb people go like, oh, well, if I just lay low for seven years, all my debt goes away. You're dumb. That's not how that works. In fact, it gets worse because it compounds interest. (laughs) No shit. Hmm. I got another little segment here that we didn't do last time. Is it fast facts? No, we didn't do last fact. time. You want to explain what happened last time? <laughs> last time we went through and did our, our whole hockey episode and it um, Joe's computer froze and was not captured. So we're doing round two yeah. here. We so got, if, we're, if we're guessing things really well. <laughs> <laughs> we got 55 minutes in and we're like, ah, oh, shit. I think this episode is coming on a lot, a lot better. I do. Anyway. I feel much better. It is. About and it. I rewrote all my... Uh, yeah. Oh, my, nice. My, uh, well, my, I want to talk my about accurate facts that yeah. are couple, true. I want to talk about a couple of the um, most notorious hockey players in NHL history. Happy Gilmore. He's not one of Halpy. them. Happy. Happy. Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Instead of big fish. These are players who are um, long playing, high scoring, functional players um, who also are big fighters. Help oh, you give so. me, is there a Yamir Yager on there? No. I'm sorry. I've, I've only got like four or five of them. I can't hit And these may be a shot. little bit out of context, but I don't know. Let's see. Punch me in the face with these. <laughs> Gordy Howe. Gordy Howe. Heard of him? Oh, hell yeah. He played from... Uh, he was He was from Saskatchewan, Canada. He played from 1946 to 1980. Wow. That's a hell of a career. Uh, he played God until damn. he was 51. Yeah, he was a big deal in the in like the 60s. Yeah. He played until he was 51, mostly with the Detroit Red Wings. He was an ambidextrous player. Interesting. It was very important to his uh, functionality as a versatile player. Yeah. Um, his, his career stats, he scored 801 goals, 1,049 assists, and played in 1,767 regular games. That's crazy. So wait, how long did he play? Perfe- played professionally for that long? Thirty-four years, uh, right? Apparently, forty-six to eighty. He played the most games. Oof. He has the most games played in NHL history for an individual player. Wow, he's like the Doug Flutie of hockey. Yeah. So Flutie's thing was he never <laughs> missed a game, right? Um, I mean, he wasn't a starter for that long. His thing was that he was just real little. But was like real tough. I thought his record was that he never missed a game. I thought he had like perfect attendance. He's like that kid at school. Cal Ripken did that. I don't know about Flutie. I know he had Flutie flakes. Yeah, why does Flutie get a cereal? He's a little guy. He's a little guy. He can be a big guy. 
<laughs> Little hand small features. <laughs> so, because of Gordie Howe, hockeyists came up with this term, the Gordie Howe hat trick, in which uh, a player can get a goal, an assist, and a fight in the same game. Oh, so it's not just three goals. <laughs> you get a goal, an assist, and a fight. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, the next one here I got is Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr, yeah. You know about him? I, I know I don't know these about players. any of these. Yeah. Um, these he, are older players. All these guys 60s. have last names that are like prepositional phrases. Gordie Howe. Howe, Orr. Orr, yeah. Uh, Bobby Orr played for the Bruins. Player. He accumulated 1,000 penalty minutes in his career and was forced to retire early because of so many career injuries. He was a notorious fighter. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I like that. He's like the Steve-O of hockey. <laughs> he had a big tattoo of himself shit. on his back. <laughs> um, Donald Brashear. Okay, I vaguely recognize okay. that name. He played for the Montreal Canadiens and the Philadelphia Flyers. He was 6'3", 240 pounds. Oh, my God. For a hockey player, that's real yeah. big. He uh, ended his career with over 2,600 penalty minutes. He played the most... <laughs> He, Wait, I thought was a thousand was a lot for Orb. Oh my God, twenty six hundred. He, he played in the most penalized NHL game ever. It was between the Philadelphia Flyer or yeah, Philadelphia Flyers. Okay, Philadelphia Flyers and Ottawa, the Ottawa Senators. Forty three hours of penalty time. Two teams had a combined four hundred nineteen penalty minutes because of some epic fight moments involving Donald Brashear. That's awesome. Yeah, we should point out that although fighting is part of the game, it is penalized. You're just allowed to fight. You have to go sit in a little box for yeah. like four minutes at a time. But they like let it happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, we talked about like <clears throat> the N64 NHL game. If you hit somebody just right in the right part of the ring, then you'd have like a mini mini game where right. you just punch them in the face. Yeah. And the ref is like, mm, uh, mm, uh, mm, like an uh, excuse me. It's like a like <laughs> yeah. a wrestling. He's like, hey, well, don't do that. Well, like, I've never played a baseball video game where, like, if you hit a batter, you can't hit the, like, clear the benches button, and everybody comes out and fights. Because they don't want that to happen. But in hockey, every video game, that is, like, a separate mini game. <laughs> that's, that's the yeah. best example of what this is I like. I saw a full-on fight in high school after a football game. Okay. It was against Mandeville. We were in Slidell. You have no context for this. I understand rivalries. Um, and the... Our team was terrible. I don't know why it was a rivalry. But um, somebody somebody threw a bottle onto the field. Didn't hit anybody, but they threw a bottle. And you're like, they're 17 years old. It's a high like, school football stop. game, yeah. And at the end, they were doing the good game, good game, good game lineup thing. And somebody said something. And this guy, I think his name was Joe Trulio. He was like six foot couple hundred pound kid i think he was a running back or a lineman he just swings at this guy they don't have helmets on anymore at this point so it's right. like full-on punch him in the face and then like what you said clear the bench sort of thing yeah. but everybody's already standing there just piles of dudes like just like stupid teenage boys piling on top of each other and i'm over here with my drums like play are they out gonna... <laughs> play them out boys yeah is that the Cantina song? Yeah, it was the first vaudeville sounding thing I could think of. I was thinking, is that band going to come over and start some shit with us? Because I do not, I am not invested in this. Trombone player, just like a little shank at the end. 
<laughs> Come at you. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, I did see a trombone player once. It was this like freshman girl, and she's walking with a trombone. I might have told the story before. She falls face first on the field. Oh no! And gets up, and her slide is bent at a ninety degree angle. <laughs> Keep playing. It was fully, fully in, and then just like boom. And then she just kept marching with a look on her face, like, oh, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. Anyway. Mark, who else is fighting? Who else is fighting? Mm-hmm. Marty McSorley. That guy sounds like he fights. He's a real, <laughs> real son bitch. <laughs> so this guy fights. He played for the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings. He became the de facto bodyguard for Wayne Gretzky. So when Wayne Gretzky <laughs> was with the Kings... He this was, guy played with him. So his bodyguard on, like, on the field or yeah. on the ice. Mm-hmm. Like he would, yeah. He is in the top five for career penalty minutes. He was suspended in um, 2000 when he slashed Donald Brashear in the head with his stick, giving him a concussion and ensuing a huge fight. I think I saw a video of this. He's by the goal and he just like goes and whaps him in the, in the face oh, like, with the edge of his stick. <laughs> oh. Not so much here. Here. <laughs> right here. I got one more. This guy, Chris Pronger. Um, he played for the St. Louis Blues. He was suspended eight times during his career, two of which were in the same playoff season. Playoff year. Wow. Uh, wow. I, I think I mentioned this in the original recording of this episode, but this is a good time to mention that um, NHL All-Star games are played like a- any other major sport, but... At first, they were actually played as charity events for players that got horribly injured. Oh, there was wow. one guy that, that ended up dying from his injuries. Like he um, got developed some sort, of, like he broke his leg, I think, and like a compound fra- fracture, but then died in the hospital from blood clots. So one of the All Star Games was charity for his fam- family. Oh, wow. Okay. So to talk about the violence <clears throat> of the game, yeah. Damn. Uh, just to round us out, I have some names of minor league hockey teams and some uh, fun facts. So I'll do some fun facts first. Um, We mentioned the Stanley cup. Uh, When a team wins the cup, every member of the, of the team gets a personal day with it. And as you mentioned, mostly it is used to eat food out of it. I don't know what else you do with it. You take a, you take a few photos and then you, you look at it, you put your baby in the top and that's cute. I would put my cat on the top and have him like n- nestle in there, and that'd be cute. There's got to be a picture of somebody having done that by now. I, yeah. God, if not, then what the fuck are we doing? Right. Um, the original puck was frozen cow feces. Yeah. Just yeah. like pressed into a shape. Um, they still freeze the pucks to make them less bouncy. Um, <laughs> before 1914. Surprised it took this long because it started in the 19th century. The the uh, the referee would take the puck in a face off and and hold it and then let it go, and those dudes were getting fucked up left and right. Right. Because then they get descended on by big men with sticks. <laughs> so that's kind of bad. I mentioned the typos on the Stanley Cup. Um, team has two goalies. Yes. If both of them are injured in the game, according to this CBC. Anybody can play the position. So they could pull somebody out of the crowd and say, like, you're going to play goalie for the Detroit Red Wings tonight. But they have backup goalies. I don't know. That's what this says. Interesting. Um, at one point, the team captain had to be on the ice at all times. 
<clears throat> which would be suck for that guy. That would be exhausting. Oh and then you know exactly who you're going after. Yeah, really. Right? Yeah. Or you don't and let him tire himself out like a rope a dope. I don't know. Right. <clears throat> uh goalie can't cross the center uh center line. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Well, I don't know why you'd really want to. Because you can sub out a goalie for another offensive player. So right. So if you were going to do that, yeah. You kind of defeat the purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, there was a game in San Jose that was canceled due to rain. So it was outdoor? It was just the river flooded near the arena. So like it's just like a weird thing. Like There was once a game that was canceled due to rain. Huh. It would be pretty list. hard to play an outdoor game in San Jose, California. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, in the 1940s, uh, they had a thing where instead of using an actual frozen rubber puck or cow feces, uh, you would start the game without a puck and the referee would have to make one. So you'd have to just take a shit in the ice. <laughs> yeah. Hold on a second. Which is extra dangerous. Yeah. Um, so that timing is everything there. And yeah, if that, he couldn't that, do it, famously, either the famously. goal... The goalies or someone from the crowd could. Famously, a game was delayed because the ref was sod poodling it. <laughs> like, I had rice for dinner. I'm sorry. I've thrown off the entire league. Um, team owners make necklaces out of the teeth of their defeated enemies. Uh, Wait, what, really? Yeah, no. it's like it's like predators. How they team how, owners have heat-seeking vision. Yeah, they break yeah. the they break the end of the tail off of the alien mm-hmm. and make a necklace out of it. Right. That's what they do with teeth, but it's like goalie teeth. So like opposing owners always cover themselves in mud when they get to the arena. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> <And> Wait a minute. <laughs> and during good game, they always do like the predator handshake where they like flex their biceps like, "You son of a bitch." Um, the flying V is an Ill- illegal move. Yeah, didn't we talk about that with football where they like they stopped you you weren't allowed to use certain formations anymore because it was getting too violent mm-hmm. yeah so mighty ducks is horse shit um i've never seen that movie but that was bethany's joke the flying yeah. v is an illegal movie the flying v is a i mean this is real these are movie. facts yeah and in the minnesotan stadium guests are greeted by a bronze statue of emilio estevez the most iconic hockey player in history <laughs> emilio <laughs> Uh, excuse me, are you Charlie Sheen? Yeah, like, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, I have USA Today, the 16... What the hell? Oh, my God, these ads. 16 most amazing team names in minor league hockey. Okay. I feel like there's more than 16. You got the Charlotte Checkers, and their mascot is a bear. Named Checkers? Sure. St. Charles Chill. Their, yeah, ma- yeah, yeah. their mascot is Jason Mraz. Well, there was the Columbus, the Columbus <laughs> Chillers. Well, that makes more sense. Yeah, that's a noun. Yeah, chill is just a, like a concept. The St. Charles Chill. What's well, a verb, right? It's a state of mind. I guess it is a noun <laughs> a if you're chill. like, I feel a chill, but that's not threatening. The be easies. No, I I feel you know a- like when you get a thing in your spine, like, oh, I just got a chill. Like, that, but that's a noun, then, right? In this case, yeah. yeah. I, you're right. It's a weird name. I don't know. The Syracuse Crunch and their mascot looks like a character from a VR game. It's like he's got no hair and like big sunglasses and he's punching. Let's get funked up in here. <laughs> the Mississippi River Kings, which is a snapping turtle. I remember. Doesn't he have a little crown? He does have a little crown. Yeah, I remember looking at this picture. He's got the same crown that uh, one of the boxers in Punch-Out has. Yeah. 
the Toronto Marlies. These are minor league, by the way. Um, I remember saying when you said that the first time that the mascot was just a dead dog. <laughs> yeah, you did say that. Yeah. Uh, Toledo walleye, which is a fish missing a tooth. You know that toothed fish they found? No. What? It's got teeth that look like human teeth. Ugh. I've seen it. It's That's not, real? It's yeah. not a great thing. Mm. The Orlando Solar Bears. You know, because solar and polar rhyme. But it's a yeah. bear wearing sunglasses. It's a polar bear wearing sunglasses. Yes. So it's suffering. Yeah. it's <laughs> it, They bring it out on like a little <laughs> receding block of ice. Yeah. And it's really emaciated and it doesn't know why it's here. Right. Ugh. The Florida Everblades, which is a... It's a bad pun. It's, it's an alligator with like football stitching on its nose. Because like, you know, it's been a hockey fight. All right. I don't know. I am that's, not looking that's at fine. it. That's fine. Louisiana <laughs> ice gators. I like that one. That sounds made up. The ice gators? Yeah. I guess technically all of this is made up. I don't think ice is very good for reptiles. Uh-uh. No, it's not. It's going to make them sluggish. There's the Rockford ice hogs. Yeah. It's just like, let's take an animal, put ice in it, fuck it. That's what you get if you, uh, one of those people that, like, swims in the frozen water. Yeah. Ice hog. Uh, you got the Newark New Metal. <laughs> uh, What's the mascot for that, Joe? David Draymond. <laughs> it's a barbed wire tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Chicago Hot Dog Cannon. <laughs> uh, you got the Alabama. Don't take kindly to your tap around here, boy. Oh. And their mascot is an ATV suppressing minority voters. Oh, no. <laughs> The uh, Orange County variety of Elvis impersonators. <laughs> and then the uh, Upper Peninsula dads on a boat. <laughs> and their mascot is that song that Bob Seger did with Kid Rock. Mark and I went to high school with a kid whose dad was an Elvis impersonator, and he helped with the marching band a lot. And it was weird to me that he always had that hair. <laughs> like... When he was like, hey man, it's a lifestyle. He was uh-huh. way too old, so it was clearly jet bl- like dyed jet black, but it was always in that pompadour, and he just looked fucking ridiculous, <laughs> like wearing a band jacket, helping out. But he always had the Elvis hair. <laughs> Do you remember this? Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. He, uh, he looked more names. like, um, I don't know, like old George Jones or something with dyed hair. Oh, okay. He wasn't in good shape. <clears throat> Yeah. You ever see that picture of George Jones, like, pissed drunk, driving his riding lawnmower down the street with the cops behind him? Yes. <laughs> I love that picture. Second only to high Johnny Cash eating cake in the bushes, which is also my other <laughs> favorite picture. Okay, I think that was a pretty uh, good coverage of the hockey. Yeah, man. Feel pretty good about it. Um, if you haven't looked up the Columbus Blue Jackets failed mascot, which was a cannon that shot white t-shirts... It's bad. Wait, their mascot was actually a cannon? So you've seen the logo with the cannon? Yeah. Yeah, so at one point they unveiled a mascot that was a cannon with a face, but it looked very phallic, and it shot t-shirts. It didn't work. Did not work. Look that up. Like the the cannon didn't work? No, the concept. (laughs) So the Blue Jackets, (laughs) are they supposed to be... Union soldiers or sailors? Union soldiers. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like their alternate like uniforms that are like a, a navy blue and like a cream color, and it has a logo that's a big cannon. It's really cool looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know exactly where the name comes from, and I don't know if a blue jacket is a type of cannon. A blue jacket is the nickname for Union soldiers. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what it made sense, but those alternate uniforms had more of like a, a nautical vibe to me, so I was confused. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, uh, if you look at the guys that run the cannon at the stadium, because there's a cannon they fire off when the goal is, goal, goal is scored, um, they're wearing Union hats and okay. things. Okay. Yeah. Did you guys notice, I mentioned this to you, Game of Thrones, brief spoiler, they have all those, <clears throat> the scorpions, they called them, that shoot the... Like the big crossbows on the ships? Yeah, the giant crossbows that they had mounted on the wall yeah. of King's Landing. All the guys operating those had like a sloping helmet, and it looked like what they wear on the Death Star. <laughs> I when, did notice When they're that. responsible for firing the laser. Mm-hmm. It was like a medieval version of it. I, I like that they that. got a special helmet. Right. For no real reason. But it is fun. It is fun. A lot of mixed feelings about the end of that show. I'm glad it's gone. Yeah, I am too. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I mean, no, I mean, like, I don't want to wait and, like, speculate and hear people's hot takes and... Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm fine. Yeah. To me, it felt like when you have to write a 10-page paper and it's the night before and you're not finished, so you just shit out, like, an extra two pages. Yeah, like, everything mm-hmm. went down kind of in the way I anticipated it would go down, but the narrative that got it there was just, like, lazy. Yeah, they definitely, like, increased the margins to an inch and a half. Right. And after every space they put in like an extra couple millimeters right yeah and the professor didn't notice yeah yeah that's accurate yeah it was a sensible end it was a sensible that's what i can say for it it was sensible so anyways whatever well hockey uh thank you for listening to our hockey episode find us on all the relevant things and if you're listening to this you know in real time when we put it out the nhl stanley cup finals should be going on uh that's good hockey to watch if you haven't really watched hockey much it's a it's a good place to start great uh yeah i'm sorry i cut you off joe social media okay please find us and remember to rate and review and uh yeah. yeah. Always yep. open to topic suggestions. As yeah, well. please get at us. Uh, Instagram is the easiest way. Just DM us. Yeah. We, we have an email address, an hour of our time podcast at gmail.com, but uh, DM is the uh, best way to get our attention really quickly. An hour of our time podcast on Instagram. Yeah. And we did receive some suggestions recently, and hopefully we'll be doing those episodes soon. Yeah. And uh, if, if you're just finding us now because you're interested in Columbus hockey, uh, you want to learn more about history? We just did an entire series on presidential assassinations. A lot of historical stuff, a lot of science stuff. Check us out. And if you like the sports episodes, go back and check out our baseball and football episodes and our uh, pending basketball episode at some point. Fantastic. Which will happen. So, all, right. all right. Until next time. Go get Bye. your teeth knocked out. Farewell. Let's uh, do an intro. <clears throat> I think you should do it, and you should do it in the Canadian accent okay (laughs) hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.